I was a Cub Scout when I was a boy. Dad and I were going to make a derby car together, and we were going to explore the great outdoors together. He usually picked me up from my den meetings. One night, he left work early to pick me up, but he had to go back to work and punch out. Those were his words, punch out. I'd never heard of punching out, but Dad left me in the van and told me he would be back in just a few minutes. So I sat there wondering, what's going on in there? Was Dad in a fight? Was he and some other guy at fisticuffs? Did my dad need me? I didn't know what I could do to help, but I could do a whole lot more inside there than sitting in the van waiting for him to come back. What if the other guy was hurting my dad? But Dad told me to stay in the van. What was I supposed to do? I nearly jumped out of the running van to run inside and help him out, but he finally came out. Not a scratch, not a scuff on him at all. I wanted to see the other guy. He opened the door, got in the van, and started driving both of us home. You okay, Dad? Well, sure. Why? Well, you said you were going to punch out. Are you okay? Sure. Why? Well, I know you're tough and all, but you got in a fist fight in there with some guy at work. Is he okay? Are you okay? And Dad, he just smiled. He explained to me that punching out meant clocking out. He was just going inside to punch his time card to let his work know he was officially done with work for the day. Ah. Sometimes people closest to us, they don't always get what we say. But that's nothing new. That happened to my father Lloyd, and that also happened to my father Jesus. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Four Days on Simplify. Word reached Jesus that his buddy Lazarus wasn't doing so well. Lazarus loved Jesus. Jesus loved Lazarus. Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, sent a message to Jesus that the Lazarus you love is sick. Jesus' followers got the word, gave it to Jesus, and Jesus stayed where he was for two days. No emergency, no lights and sirens. And then two days later, as if nothing was wrong, Jesus said, Hey, boys, you want to go to Judea? Our buddy Lazarus is asleep, but I'm going to go wake him up. Jesus' followers were like me as a Cub Scout of the running van outside Velvet Ice Cream. They didn't get it. They looked at each other and shrugged their shoulders. Um, Jesus, if Lazarus is sleeping, well, he's probably going to get better, right? I mean, why would we wake him up if he just needs a little rest? Plus, you're kind of persona non grata there in Judea. They tried to stone you the last time we were there. I doubt they're going to give you the key to the city if you go back. Why don't we hang out here? Let him rest. We can meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe get some froyo. He's on the men, Jesus. Let's not ruin a good thing. I feel for Jesus. I really do. He has poured into these guys the last three years, and they still don't get half of what he told them. So finally, he told them the plain, unvarnished, unclouded, harsh truth. Guys, Lazarus is dead. What? He was just asleep. That was fast. And I'm glad for your sakes we didn't go earlier. You guys need some faith. So pack up. We're heading his way. And then Thomas. 
You got to love Thomas. Thomas spoke up. Well, let's go, Jesus. If Lazarus died, we'll go die with him. I think he was saying, Judea is not friendly, that's for sure, but I'd sure rather be there with you than here without you. Jesus already missed the funeral and the burial. By the time Jesus and his misunderstanding men arrived, Lazarus was already buried for four days. They made the two-mile walk back to Bethany. It would have been easier to hide a hippo beneath an umbrella than to hide Jesus and the disciples coming to town. Talk quickly ran through the town that Jesus, the Messiah, was here. Talk also ran through the town that Jesus, the troublemaker, was here. And that word reached Mary and Martha. They were home, surrounded by their friends, trying to comfort them, but Martha broke away to meet Jesus. Mary stayed where she was. When morning Martha met Jesus in the road, she was confused. She was upset. She was hurt. Jesus, we told you we needed you. We told you Lazarus was sick. If you had been there, he would still be here. You could have healed him. You would have healed him. He wouldn't have died. Why? Why didn't you come earlier? Have you ever been there? Jesus, you could have kept me from getting sick. You could have healed her when she was sick. You could have kept the company open. You could have stopped the oncoming car. You could have stopped the driver from driving drunk. Knowing Jesus could do it confuses me when Jesus doesn't do it. Well, it confused Martha too. But she wiped her tears and said, But I know you, and you and God are amazingly close, so amazingly close that I know he'll do whatever you ask him to do. Boy, that's faith. Jesus nodded. Your brother will live again, Martha. Lazarus will live again. Martha nodded. I know he will. And that great getting up morning, fare thee well, fare thee well, and the resurrection, when it's all over, I know Jesus, he'll live again. Martha knew the scriptures. But Martha, did you know? You're talking to the one who authored the scriptures. Jesus spoke with the authority of the one who spoke worlds into being. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes on me, though he die, he will live again. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Wow, that's, that's a lot to hear and handle. Martha didn't even blink. Yes, yes, I do. I know who you are. You are the Christ. You're the Son of God coming to the world. Maybe Martha did know. They stopped talking and kept walking. Martha left Jesus in the road and went back home to get her sister. And she whispered in Mary's ear, Jesus is in town. Mary's eyes moistened. Jesus. Just the mention of his name comforted her. But where was he these last four days? She and Martha excused themselves and met Jesus in the road. Mary felt the exact same way Martha felt. Jesus, if you had been here, Lazarus would still be here. And Jesus couldn't hold his emotions in any longer. He saw Mary weeping. And the Jews who followed her from her house, they were weeping. And Jesus was angry. The scripture says he was moved. He was deeply moved. He was angry. He was angry at sin. He was angry at death. He was angry at the devil. He was angry at all the hurt he caused humanity. Maybe he was angry at people who still didn't get it. For one or more of those reasons, Jesus was angry, and he demanded more than he asked, where have you laid him? They told him. Then Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, easy to memorize, but it shows Jesus' deep humanity. He wept. 
God who formed the world with his words and molded man from dust, he wept. It's a long way from heaven to earth, but Jesus came the whole way. They led him to where they laid him. And some people were moved by Jesus' tears. Look how much he loved him. That's so sweet. Others were still confused, even hurt. Why didn't he get here earlier? He could have healed him, you know. Jesus ignored it all. He saw the stone and he saw the strong strapping types there and he said, roll that stone away. And Martha piped up again. (laughs) Jesus, that's not a good idea. He's been dead four days. He's going to stink to high heaven. She didn't say it, but she probably believed it. According to Jewish tradition, the soul of the dead hovered over the body for three days, but after three days, it finally decided, I'm not coming back. So it returned to God who gave it. He's already gone, Jesus. It's too late, even for you. But Jesus reminded them all of this was for the glory of God. This wasn't a sideshow. It wasn't even just a favor for a family friend. This was all for the glory of God. Jesus spoke again, but this time to God. He said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Now these people around me need to hear that you hear me, so they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted into the tomb, Lazarus, come out. Could have been a few seconds, might have been a minute. But everyone stood at the mouth of the grave with their mouths wide open, waiting to see if Jesus could actually raise a four days dead man from the grave. Their eyes grew as big as chariot wheels when they saw a dead man walking, completely wrapped in grave clothes. Then Jesus gave one more command before his work was done. Okay, you unwrap him and let him go. Jesus already did the heavy lifting. All they had to do was unwrap Lazarus and let him go. And they did. And John records that many of the people with Mary believed in Jesus. Praise God. But a handful of them tattled to the religious leaders like a kindergartner to the teacher that Jesus was back in town. That's all the religious leaders needed to know. Jesus was back. They could not let him escape this time. This time, he was as good as gone. Since Jesus could stand at the mouth of a tomb and call a dead man back from death after he had been gone four days, Jesus can do anything. Anything. But if he stays silent for a few more days like he did in John 11, Will you still believe? And if everything gets worse when he could make it all better, will you still believe? What if you ask him for something and he appears to do nothing? Will you still believe? Our faith cannot be that Jesus will always do what we want. It must be that Jesus will always do what is right. And his right is not always our right. But Jesus knows what he's doing, especially when we don't. And he never asks us to understand. He only asks us to trust. I would like to pray right now that God would do whatever you need him to do. Over the last few weeks, even months, we have taken a look at so many miracles that prove he's greater than death, he's greater than nature, he's greater than disease, he's greater than the devil. He's greater than anything and anyone. God is greater, and he can do anything about all of it. But if he chooses to do nothing about any of it, 
he still calls us to believe. And so I'd like us to pray that the Lord would do it. And then if for whatever reason he chooses not to, that we would still trust and believe that he knows what he's doing, especially when we don't. Lord Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the Almighty. You are the Everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Wonderful Counselor. You are everything. You're able to do anything, Jesus. There's nothing you cannot do. You are Almighty. God, I call on you today and I ask you to hear our prayers. Whatever the people who are listening to this podcast are praying, I ask you to hear their prayers and answer. God, whether it's healing or they need a miracle financially. God, even if somebody is on their deathbed, you can raise them up. Even if somebody has already gone by the way of death, you can raise them up. You can do anything. You can turn the hard heart of any child back toward their parent. You can turn the hard heart of any parent back toward their child. You can mend any broken marriage. You can do anything, Jesus. You can bring any backslider home. You can bring any hungry soul to a place where they can be fed. You can do anything. I call on you today and I ask you to minister and give strength, God, to our faith. I ask you today, Jesus, that you would do whatever you know is right for the glory of God, I pray. You would please minister in our lives and help us to trust you, help us to believe you. Help us to know you're not only able, but you're also willing, and you also know what is right. I'm asking you, Jesus, for your help in faith, to believe you, to trust you, and in all things, to glorify you. We pray this today in the precious, holy, wonderful, awesome, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks so much, Simplify listeners. I pray this episode has been a blessing to you and has bolstered your faith and your trust in Jesus. Be sure to click subscribe and share. That way you can never have to miss an episode, neither will any of your friends or family or even enemies have to miss an episode of Simplify. Head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. The link is in the show notes. You can find a couple books I've written. One is called Simplify. It was the devotional that launched this podcast. The other is Ten Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments. And both of them are available there. Also on Amazon for Kindle, or if you're here in our charming colonial Knox County, Mount Vernon, Ohio area, you can stop by Paragraphs Bookstore at the corner of South Main in East Ohio. There are signed copies of both books there. You can pick them up from Paragraphs. We're only 900 downloads away from hitting 125,000 downloads. So thank you so much for making Simplify part of your devotional walk and your discipleship. It really means so much to me. Next week, we are nearly wrapped up walking through many of the miracles of Jesus in the New Testament. And I want to share with you a devotion called The Beggar Formerly Known as Blind Bartimaeus. No surprise there, the story that comes from. I'm looking forward to sharing that story with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.